Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. NFL handed out their awards last night, and um, no big surprise. Patrick Mahomes, the MVP. Nick Bosa, Defensive Player of the Year. Damian Pierce probably would have had a shot at Offensive Rookie of the Year if he hadn't gotten hurt at the end of the season. He was leading all rookies in rushing until he got banged up at the end of the year. He did take home the angry run of the night. We'll relive that in just a moment. But I would say probably the biggest story Houston-wise would be the fact that Andre Johnson did not get into the Hall of Fame. The five-man modern era class is Joe Thomas, Darrell Rivas, Zach Thomas, DeMarcus Ware, and Rondé Barber. Um, Andre Johnson, I think, is clearly a better football player than at least two of those guys. I think Zach Thomas and, and Rondé Barber, he's just empirically a better football player than both of them. As you pointed out, Seth, both Zach Thomas and Rondé Barber have been on the ballot forever, and there's a tendency with the Hall of Fame committee to have – there's a tendency to, for the Hall of Fame committee to – it feels like prioritize two things. If there's a guy who's a clear first ballot Hall of Famer, they go in on the first ballot. That's yeah. number one. Yeah. If, there's, if you're not a clear first ballot Hall of Famer, then there's a good chance you're taking a back seat to them trying to clean out the pipes – to them trying to give a give a uh, an enema to the uh, the backlog of hall of, of borderline hall of famers that have been sitting around in the pipeline in the in the in the lower intestine of the NFL's hall of fame for too long. Saying like yeah, like no, I, I don't want to eat that croissant because I, honestly, I gotta. I don't know if there's room for it right now. Yeah, so let's uh, get it. Yeah, yeah. I don't um, kind of. I don't like that visual. No, and I also think that it's bogus. Like okay. What if the guy? If the guy, I don't like that it happens this way in baseball either. The guys kind of build to it over time. Like there's a a consensus. At least that's over a larger group of voters in baseball. But um, I I just I look at this and I see okay, unless those guys know for damn sure that they're voting Andre Johnson in sometime in the next couple of years, or I'd say Tory Holt either or Reggie Wayne. Like those guys all were huge headaches for opposing teams. Rondé Barber and Zach Thomas were not guys that necessarily struck fear in the opponent. Yes. They were guys that, yeah, they were productive and they were a pain in the butt, but I don't think that they affected the emotional like the emotional um, response of either opponents or offensive and defensive coordinators. It was uh, Rondé Barber, Barber was a really good zone corner on a team that had a bunch of Hall of Famers on yep. it. And um, it's just... For him to get in in front of Andre Johnson, doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. I agree. I agree. Uh, trailer Wheel and Frame text page. Zero nine seven four. Larry Fitzgerald. By the way, Larry Fitzgerald comes up for eligibility, I believe, in 2026. Um, texter says, Larry Fitzgerald was clearly a better player than Andre, but I agree he's right there with Holt and Wayne. He, Larry Fitzgerald was not clearly a better player than Andre Johnson. In fact, I'm looking at Larry Fitzgerald's resume here and obviously I watched him play plenty with my own eyes both are dominant receivers 
they're almost identical players, other than the fact that Larry Fitzgerald stuck around for about an extra four years, putting up about 800 yards a year, piling up some more yardage. They were both the number three pick in the draft, Andre Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald, in back-to-back seasons, 03 and 04. Um, the, uh, Larry Fitzgerald was a one-time first-team All-Pro and a two-time second-team All-Pro. Andre Johnson, if I'm not mistaken, was a two-time first-team All-Pro and a two-time second-team All-Pro. They both yeah. made the Pro Bowl a slew of times. They both led the league in receptions at one time, in receiving yards. Well, Fitzgerald led it in receiving touchdowns. Andre led it in receiving yards. Both the same year, actually, 2008 and 2009. Both guys on the All-Decade team. Um, both guys just very decorated football players. I think the thing that Larry Fitzgerald has, Seth, that seems to put him a cut above these other receivers, because he made the 100th anniversary all-time team, yeah. having been a first-team All-Pro one time. I think Larry Fitzgerald benefits from his image. He is he has been incredibly well liked going all the way back to his days at the University of Pittsburgh, like supremely well liked. He's been very well liked, um, you know. And yeah, he does like he would do the Monday night interviews, Monday during Monday night football all the time. He had good commercial campaigns, yeah. all of that. Yes. So the PR on that side of it is good. I think he also had a better and more illustrious playoff. Um, Stat oh, no. line just because they yeah. because he played in nine playoff games, yeah. you know, versus Andre only having four playoff games. Like a lot of Larry Fitzgerald was on a couple of much better teams than Andre Johnson had in yep. his time. So um, that goes a long way. Playoff performance. Look at Jul- like people argue for Julian Edelman somehow, <sighs> basically because because he was incredible in the playoffs. Yep. You know, it was. Uh, and there's something to that emotionally. I think a lot of people have an image of Julian Edelman as better than he actually was. And he was really good, don't get me wrong. But like the vast majority of why people think he's perhaps better than he actually was was because he was so good in the playoffs. Yep. And there's a, you know, I mean, it's a subjective award. It comes down to that. It, the guys that are on better teams do have a better shot at getting in. That's, that's not fair, but life isn't fair. Rondé Barber. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Rondé Barber on... Really, like thirty other teams yes. in the NFL probably yeah. isn't in the Hall of Fame right, right. now. You know, if Ron, you know? Yeah, no. If 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 Rondé Barber is a Tennessee Titan, he's probably not yeah. in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, now, the Texans did take home some hardware last night. Maybe the most important piece of hardware at this whole thing. Certainly the um, certainly the most um, the most conversation generating. I would guess if you had it on your mantle, the golden scepter of the angry run. Here was Kyle Brandt of Good Morning Football as he was unveiling the three candidates for angry run of the year. And Damian Pierce was nominated for his uh, seven-tackle-breaking run against Jacksonville. Um, here was Kyle Brandt introducing Damian Pierce as a nominee for the award. And our next finalist, Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce. His first name is a devil. His last name is a verb. And he unleashed all of them on the entirety of Duval County. This is a disgusting run that I think is still going on. This dude is still picking teal out of his teeth. You are a bad dude. This this, this award about anger. I love you. I love you, Damian Pierce. That's my man. All right. So, and just for the visual, Damian Pierce is sitting right there as Kyle Brandt is hyping him up like a maniac in the aisle. Three nominees. Damian Pierce was one of them. The winner was the winner of the angry run of the year and the golden scepter is my man, Damian Pierce from the Houston Texans. The Texans get a win. Wield it. Wield it, Damian. Take your feet. This is my man. Wield it. We love him. We respect him. And we fear him 
Damian Pierce, angriest runner of the year. Let's go to my childhood idols, Emmitt Smith and Barry Sanders. Boom! There you go. You know what, um, uh, Damian Pierce, <laughs> you're right. The other two guys kind of didn't know what to make of, of Kyle Brandt. I'm not sure Damian Pierce knew what to make of him either, other than like he was happy to get the award. Uh, and, he, uh, and he got him. And he, by the way, Damian Pierce looked uh, svelte, I thought. In his he looks suit, good. Which is important because that first offseason with some money in your pocket – and, uh, and is a, you know, Damien's got that, he's got a lot of these, these shorter running backs, like the Maurice Jones Drew, Dude. they got a tendency to look uh, like a retired female gymnast sometimes if they, if they bloat up a little too much, he looks very trim. The, so that's good. I, look, te- longtime Texan fans will remember this. A guy that Damien Pierce was compared to quite a bit this season was Steve Slayton because both were rookie running backs for the Texans that yeah. had huge seasons. Steve Slayton. Led the, I think he led the AFC in all-purpose yards his rookie year, but he was tiny. Damian Pierce isn't tiny, but he's not a huge guy. Steve Slayton yeah. came back in 2009, and he looked like he had eaten Steve Slayton. Like he, <laughs> um, he was, he was, he, I think he was working out, but he was also eating. Like he was all bulked up. It was weird. You know, other other people have pointed this out, uh, and I didn't realize at the time who it was. But uh, sitting right behind Damian Pierce was was Jim Brown, the running yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Not not some other Jim Brown. I don't know why I said that he's a running back, but um, Jim Brown was sitting behind him. I look he, like he's like Jim Brown got elderly all of a sudden. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, he's it, like, he looks like um, uh, it was it was kind of it was kind of strange to see him like that. I guess I hadn't seen him in a few years. Um, but I got kind of nervous when when Kyle Brandt was doing his psychotic deranged thing there and uh, and, and was like almost shaking Jim Brown. I was like, dude, careful. careful. Yeah, easy. Yeah, Jim Brown's got to be in his eighties now, huh? I would say, yeah. probably. All right, Mark Schlereth, not in his 80s. He is a Super Bowl champion, of course, uh, former offensive lineman in the uh, in the NFL for a number of years for a handful of teams, and he's, he's part of the team at 104.3, the fan in Denver as well. We'll get his thoughts on Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, get his thoughts on this Super Bowl as well. Mark Schlereth, Stink, joins us next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, we, uh, we're efforting Mark Schlereth. As soon as we get him, we will, uh, we will talk to him. But uh, we've got some breaking news. I- I'm not going to play the sounder just because we're, you know, strapped for time. Uh, but the Texans have a defensive coordinator. And they are retaining a special teams coordinator. Frank Ross is sticking around to coach the special teams. That's great news. Matt Burke is the new defensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. He is most recently the defensive line coach for the Arizona Cardinals. So J.J. Watt knows a little something about him. He knows a little something about him. I knew the name because in that interview that he had just done, J.J. mentions Matt Burke as the guy who had put um, put that tribute video together. They'd gone and called around to oh, all yeah, the other places yeah. that, that JJ watched before their last game. The tearjerker. Um, and he also, I think he was a he was a game management uh, coach in 2021 for the Jets. Okay, I, I just to... assume I'll assume that the Jets made all great game management decisions. I like the concept yes. of a game management. I guy. like the mere concept of it. I do as well. So Matt Burke, the defensive coordinator for the Texans, and Frank Ross being retained as a special teams coordinator. I think most people are waiting around to see who's going to run this offense. Maybe that comes today as well. Who knows? They've been working hard over at NRG Stadium. Joining us right now on the hotline, he is a three-time Super Bowl champ. He is a two-time Pro Bowler. He is part of the team at 104.3 The Fan in Denver, which is basically a pipeline to Sports Radio 610 at the program director level. Yeah, and and, uh, and he probably doesn't even realize that he's Coop Shanistani. He is a Coop Shanistani, like, yes. He's like first-generation Coop Shanistani. That's right. His name is Mark Schlereth. He's the man they call Stink. Mark, what's going on, man? How are you guys? Good to be with you. We're good. The The phrase or the term Kubshanistani is one that Seth came up with to describe anybody off of the Kubiak-Shanahan tree. We just figured it was easier to uh-huh. come up with a nation for them. So, um, so yes. you are you are a devout Kubshanistani, right? 100%. No question about it. There's just no question about it. Those are my guys. They're, yeah. they're unbelievable. Yeah, I'm, I'm a 100% in. Are you surprised more teams aren't running that offense? And I know a lot are, but are you surprised more teams don't run that offense just given the, the plug-and-play success that it has? Well, I, I tell you what, there's probably more running it than you think or running the base root of it mm-hmm. than you think. Um, so I, I, would, I would bet you, I'd venture to guess, over 50% of the teams run that style of offense. But here's where, where it looks different for everybody. Some teams, out of like Kyle Shanahan, will base with – two backs, full backs, they want to run two tight end stuff, you know, really limit their three wide receiver sets, but they have them. Um, whereas a team like, you know, the the Rams who run the same exact offense, but they run it all out of, at one point a couple of years ago, they were 98% 11 personnel or three wide personnel. So they look incredibly different, but they're, it's the same offense. You're just, instead of having, you know, your, your F receiver in three wides, um, if you if you go to two tight ends, the F becomes the backside tight end or the the opposite tight end. So, like there's there it's a variation. It just depends on the variation that you run. And and honestly, the cool thing about it, it really comes down to the personnel that you have. So, what's our best personnel grouping? Like, what are, what are our best players? Because we can run that offense 
if our fullback is one of our top five, you know, eligible guys, then we're going to run out of two backs. Mm -hmm. But if he's not, then we're going to run it out of, you know, two tights. Or if it's our third wide receivers, our next best eligible, we'll run it out of three wides. So it's a, it's versatile from that standpoint um, that, uh, you know, you can bounce in and out of formations without giving a lot of tells up. Mark, uh, you've worked as a consultant and, you know, dropped in on the Saints from time to time while Sean Payton was there. Did you have a did you have a sense beforehand that it was going to happen or were you as up in the air about it as everybody else by the time he actually got hired? Well, I thought uh, initially that was their that was their target. And then you kind of kept hearing things and, you know, and you see in, you know, the trade value, which I'm not a I'm just not a draft guy. Like, I don't look at the draft and go, oh, my gosh, you know, how are we ever going to give up the 29th overall pick and guys like Robert Kimdichie and, uh, you know. I mean, the list is long, right, of guys that got drafted 29th overall and you can't – you've never heard of them. So um, I'm just not – I'm like, who cares? Who gives a rip to me? Um, I, Sean Payton is just that good a coach, that good of a designer of plays, that good of a personnel guy, moving personnel from place to place and taking advantage of those guys. So uh, I just think – I just think that was – vitally important and then the other thing is having a guy come in there and and i'm a big believer there's two types of of fear that are imperative in your organization when it comes to your head coach there is kind of the the biblical sense of fear you know the fear of the lord which is an awesome reverence or respect and then there's straight up fear like that dude will cut me without even thinking about it if i don't (laughs) perform there will be consequences if i don't perform and they just haven't had that. Like they, they haven't had that. And I think that was one of the big things about Russ last year that there were no consequences and you were letting him kind of run the show. And, and let's face it, man, there are things that he still does exceptionally well, but there are a ton of things that he can't do. And last year it was like a, an experiment to let's run all the things I don't do well and see how it turns out. Hmm. Uh, and you got to have a coach that has onions enough to say baloney. Well, we ain't running that. You, I don't, I don't care what you think. You know, you're gonna, you're gonna fit into my, to what I'm calling and what I'm doing. So, um, they've got that in Sean Payton, obviously. Mark Schlereth joining us here on Sports Radio 610. So, Mark, you've won three of these: one with the, with the Redskins, and then a couple with the Denver Broncos. What's your read on these two teams? The Chiefs, obviously, the more experienced team in this setting, but the Eagles are the favorite in this game. What are your thoughts, and what's the difference going to be in this game? Well, you know, for me, it's it really comes down to I, I get the Chiefs are, are you know are more experienced and stuff. I don't know that that really matters that much. Um, I think the bottom line is I think the Eagles are a better football team, mm-hmm. and I think the Eagles have um, different like different ways that they can win the ball or win the game. Like to me, like. For the Chiefs to win this game, the, Mahomes is going to have to be great. Kelsey's going to have to be great. And and the odds are, you know, that could happen. But I look at the Chiefs and the losses they've had and and over the years, and there's a formula. Now, they win more, of the, like, I'll, I'll give you the formula, but they win more, trust me, than they lose. But the formula has been, can you possess the ball for 39, 40 minutes, keep the Chiefs' offense off the field, shrink the game, and and then – and then play good enough um, to to win a tight game because that's been that's been the formula. Like, we're, and, and here's what happens to as an offense. Um, as an offense, what happens is you start counting possessions. So the first half ends and you've only had the ball, you know, 
four, three legit times and you get it with 37 seconds left in the second quarter, right? And it's not like a real legitimate drive opportunity. So you've really had three possessions. And now you go into halftime and you're like, scrap everything. We got to throw it every down <laughs> and we got to go this way. And, and the thing about the Chiefs is they can do that and they can win that way. Um, that's what makes them really tough. I think that there's two things that are really frustrating for a defense. One is defending the second play, meaning, hey, man, we defended it perfectly. And now all of a sudden Mahomes pulls the ball, scrambles around, flips it with his left hand to somebody on a crossing route. They catch it and turn it up the sideline for 26-yard touchdown. Like that's demoralizing. That, that is so frustrating for a defense. And Mahomes can do that and the Kansas City Chiefs can do that. The other thing that is absolutely demoralizing for a defense is when you can line up and just thunder punch a team right in the teeth and you can go five yards, six yards, three yards, eight yards, 12 yards, nine yards, seven yards rushing and touchdown. It's like you watch defenders just screaming at each other when you're in those situations. And the Philadelphia Eagles are built in such a manner where I would say, man, you're either big or strong or fast and athletic. They're big, strong, fast and athletic on offense. So they can run the tight zone, the tight duo stuff, you know, just the downhill stuff, get five yards to crack, or they're athletic enough to pin a tight end and pull the tackle or pin the tackle and tight end and pull a guard or pull the center and get out to the perimeter and then have their center going one-on-one with a safety and eat his lunch. And now we've got that part. And now all of a sudden we got the RPO game, right? where the quarterback becomes part of the running game. And watch what they did to Nick Bosa. Go back and watch what they did to Nick Bosa. They didn't even block Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, man, if you if you got a war daddy out there that you can't block, don't block him. Read him. Yep. Basically say, hey, man, make a decision. You're going to tackle the running back? Okay, my quarterback will keep it. Oh, you're going to feather my quarterback? Okay, I'll give it to the running back and get eight yards. Oh, you're going to you're gonna you pinch down and tackle the running back, and then you're going to scrape the linebacker? Oh, I'll throw the RPO behind him with a little dart route, and we'll get eight yards on that. Like, what are you going to do? And really frustrating. Watch Nick Bosa in that game because he, like, he was unblocked. On, on a couple of touchdowns, he was unblocked. And the frustration, you could see it just boiling over. And I, I just think that Philly has that ability to really dominate a line of scrimmage and really – control the tempo of this game mark schlereth joining us on sports radio 610 mark before we get you out of here stunt is an app that you are you are part of this is boy i tell you as someone who uses twitter predominantly for sports when i see that there's a possibility of a forum that is sports only on social media that gets me very very excited tell us more yeah, you know, the stunt. So you can check it out at the App Store, the stunt, or the stunt.com. But a really cool platform because it's like taking Twitter, um, Instagram, your YouTube channel, all that stuff, and creating a platform where it's all contained in one spot. And so, you know, for content creators, people that love sports, it's everything that you want right there. Um, and it's it, it's for, you know, I, you, you know how this business is, right? Like I call a game and I get a bunch of people on Twitter. You suck. You, you're terrible. You're whatever. Or on radio, I hate your guts. You're ter- right. Like I could do a better job. Could you? Okay, come get a taste. We got it. The stunt. Come put your platform together. Come create your your channel. Come create your content. And there's you know there's going to be pay, there's a paywall there that you can create uh, subscription content for for your fans. You can create your own radio show. You can create your own TV digital platform. Your own digital show. And, uh, and and you can be that concrete uh, that content creator, and it's kind of like a, a fans only. Only you don't have to show your uh, your, your YooHoo. 
Um, can you know, I show it though? What if we want yeah. to? Well, I, I, I imagine. I imagine if you wanted to show it, you could, but you don't have to. I'm signing up right now as we speak. Without, with or without, with or without that, yeah. the second. Seth part. took yeah. his shirt off and he's signing up right now. <laughs> yeah, you might as well go ahead, knock yourself out. <laughs> Mark Schlereth. So stunt. It's the app, and it's stunt. The, the stunt. The, the stunt. The stunt. Yeah, okay. the stunt. The, the stunt. The stunt. There you go. The stunt. Uh, Mark Schlereth joining us here on the program. Mark, we know you got places to go. Appreciate you making some time. Enjoy the game this weekend. You got it, guys. Be good. All right, thanks. Kubshanistani, Mark Schlereth joining us here on Sports Radio 6. And we got a few minutes here, Seth, so we can dive back into that bit of uh, Texans. By the way, my favorite Schlereth phrase he used in that interview, which I thought I've never heard it put this way before. I'm sure you have, where he called it the second play, defending the second play, which is, yeah, yeah. you know, the Chiefs call a play, you've got it perfectly diagnosed, but Patrick Mahomes does that thing where he spins out of the pocket, has two guys bearing down on him, and he throws it submarine-style 15 yards down the field to a wide-open yeah. Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Well, and that's where, I mean, so many teams have gotten so good at the, the scramble drill and everything that you, you've got to have a plan on defense, too, for, okay, this is what these guys do when things break down. And the, San Francisco did a really good job of it this year. Remember when uh, part of the reason Brock Purdy was so good that was when he was able to scramble for a little bit of time, there would almost always be a running back or a tight end wide open and neglected on the other side of the field, yeah. and he could just dump it off to him. Um, so, yeah, that's, that is, that's a huge wild card. And Schlereth said at the very beginning, okay, for the Chiefs to win this game, it's going to have to mean that, that Pat Mahomes has an incredible performance. That can totally happen. Yes. You know, like yes. that's, he's got that, that in him. Totally happen. He's got that yeah, in yeah, him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, someone said on the trailer, wheel and frame text page 3869, the stunt. Got it. Definitely checking it out. It's not DA stunt, it's the stunt. The stunt. Not yeah, dust stunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if you look up stunt, it's a bunch of different gaming stuff. So you gotta oh, okay. Go to, uh, so the, uh, the stunt. stunt. The com. Yeah. So uh, Mark Schlereth. Good breakdown. Oops. Good. I like this breakdown on the variations of the Coop Shanistani offense. That was very instructive to me, how the Rams do it differently yeah, than well, this team. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It's That's new to me. Good. I know it's, uh, so it's, so it's not new to you. It's common math. I probably didn't explain it as well as Mark has. Because so, uh, that is the difference. Like, if you look at the Rams, they have they use lots of wide receivers yeah. versus the, 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 the 49ers are way different and much heavier than that. So, yeah, it's not as simple as just, hey, this is one system and everybody uses it. But a lot of the lingo and the concepts and everything are the same. That's why I, I like it just because that would mean that other offensive coordinators, if Slowick gets hired and then gets hired away, then it's easier to find people that, that are versed in the system because there's so much of it out there. So we've got Matt Burke is the new DC for the – Houston Texans. So that's my project for this afternoon to go learn more about Matt Burke, who seems to be uh, who seems to have the J.J. Watt stamp of approval. It would seem right. Well, he was yeah, he was defensive line coach there. He's been um, he was the the game management coach for the Jets in 2021. Yeah, yes, he... it makes me a little nervous just because I know I'm going to be able to go back and find some issues with game management. Watch the replay times. or they... there's no, yeah, there's no possible way they went through with like batting a thousand on game management decisions, especially with that offense and that just all the things that were going wrong with the Jets that year. Um, but I like the concept, and I like that he's probably really well-versed in that side of the game. You don't get to be a game management coach without being heavily steeped these days in all the different analytics that go into all that stuff. So I like that part of it. He is a Dartmouth grad, Seth. Yeah, he played around. He played at the same time I did. Um, 
and was on part of like I don't know if he's younger than me or must be a little bit younger than me. He's uh, forty six. Oh, so he's one year younger than me. Yep, yep. He graduated. So he knows. Um, I'll have to talk to him about it. He knows me. Good. Maybe we can get him on the show. Um, he's got a background. He's, he's been all. He's been a lot of places, man. Spent a few years in Tennessee. Five years in Detroit as a linebackers coach. Two years in yeah. Cincinnati as a linebackers coach. A few years in Miami. A couple years in Philly. Um, he's what bounced around I, quite a bit. Somebody on Twitter told me this feels too much like the Richard Smith hire from Kubiak's first year. And I got to tell you, this feels like, honestly, not yet, whether, not even in a good or a bad way, it feels like the exact opposite of a Richard Smith hire. <laughs> Richard Smith was a buddy of Gary Kubiak's who had been a defensive coordinator in the league already, I believe a couple times, once with Miami, I believe Detroit. Um, and also, he was a defensive coordinator, whereas Gary was an offensive-minded coach. So, like, it doesn't – it. If anything, whether it's whether it ends up being a good hire or a bad hire, it does not feel one bit like the Richard Smith hire. Like, not even close. The Richard Smith hire was just a bad hire. He's a bad defensive coordinator, um, and it was a bad hire. But it's, it shares almost zero similarity to this hire of Matt Burke. Yes. Plus, Richard Smith went to Fresno State, not Dartmouth. So there you go. So, so he knows uh, he would have played with Jay Fiedler, too. Oh, so who uh, Matt Burke get, would have? Let's have to get Fiedler on the on the line. See yeah. what he see what he can tell. Some good drinking oh. stories of Matt Burke, New Texans yeah. DC. Yeah. Now he might be if he's a year younger than me. Then he would have. Uh, he didn't play with Fiedler. Fiedler okay. was gone already. Okay. Um, so and and the other big news with the Texans, Frank Ross is sticking around um, to be the special teams coordinator. That's a good get for D'Amico That's Ryan's. Good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I can't imagine a coach coming in and thinking like. Psh, I don't know about this D'Amico guy. Seems like a jerk. I'm going elsewhere. I'm going to apply my trade to Division Two. Dude, Frank uh, Ross <laughs> has to feel like Frank Ross has to. Feel, and this is no disrespect to Lovey Smith or David Cully, but he's got to feel like he's got to be super excited. Like all yeah. of a sudden, he's going to be part of a staff with a like a bright young head coach. It feels like a program that's moving in the right direction, and good for Frank Ross to be able to take his unit that he was responsible for with the team on a bad football team and make it one of the five best in all of football. He deserves to get this job. Yeah. No, he um you know Ross is to make it through multiple coaches kind of in a in a different weird roundabout type of way. Um Says a but lot. to have a good special teams unit on a team that's struggling as much as the Texans have. Uh it gets it gets recognized. You know, it's nice that it's nice that he's able to do that and not have all of the other stench of the Texans kind of waft onto him. So that is a, a good retained coach by the Texans. Um, as far as Matt Burke, the defensive coordinator, goes, I'm intrigued that he would have been running a 3-4 out there this year in Arizona, whereas D'Amico is um, more of a 4-3 guy. And, you know, not, it doesn't mean as much as it used to, but he might have a little bit of a stylistic background um, or some different exposures in D'Amico's head. So they, you know, hopefully can, you know, hopefully that's a good thing. As D'Amico talked about, like he wants, when he talks about having diversity of staff, he's not just talking about, you know, racial or ethnic. He's talking about levels of experience, familiarity oh. with various schemes, like get a brain trust of guys together that are able to, teach different teaching styles that have seen, you know, and, and gone through different challenges. And I think this is along those lines. Yep. All right. Pain and Pendergast final segment. We'll get on the record officially official with our Super Bowl prediction. Also Russell Wilson. Um, we just got done talking with, with Mark Schlereth. We didn't get to really ask a specific Russell Wilson question to me. 
Russell Wilson is in the crosshairs today, less about what he's done on the field and some sketchiness about what he's done off of the field with his charity. Does Russell Wilson sound like somebody who is selling you something on a late-night infomercial? That is next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents... Payne and Pendergast. Hi, Russell Wilson, I don't know if Russell Wilson is in trouble, but maybe like from an image standpoint he is. I don't think he'll be in trouble for this legally. Yeah. Because it's uh but but it's it doesn't look good for Russell, who is look. very image conscious. It's a yeah. bad look. Yeah, the so um USA Today was doing an investigation of the last decade's worth of NFL Man of the Year awards. The Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award. Texan fans are most familiar with that. Because J.J. Watt won it back in 2017 with his work for um, helping people out with Hurricane Harvey and raising tens of millions of dollars. Each team has a nominee every year. Christian Kirksey was the nominee for the Texans this year, so congratulations to Kirko. Um, the, um, the winner was Dak Prescott, by the way. He was the Walter Payton Man of the Year award, so congratulations to Dak Prescott. Uh, Russell Wilson won it back in 2020. And he, um, for his uh, Why Not You Foundation, which does a number of different things um, in the Seattle area and beyond, the thing that USA Today found out in its investigation, which has people talking today, is that they found out that Russell Wilson's organization reported that it spent just 24.3 cents of every dollar on charitable activities in 2020 and 2021 combined, and nearly twice as much on salaries and employee benefits in that span. So uh, so his employees, which is just a small handful of people, have made twice as much as the charities that he's involved with yeah. uh, over those two years, the last two years. The foundation has been around since, I believe, 2014, since about the time Russell Wilson came into the league in 2012. So it's, um, it's a bad look for somebody that's, for one, also, like making as much money as he does. You'd almost think, like, gosh – as public as he is about his charity and everything, it feels like he should have even personally donated. Yeah, more cut than a check, that dude. Than than that, yeah. yeah. And so, what you always worry about is, oh wow, this is a nice little way to pay um, a bunch of your employees, a bunch of your buddies, 
to be employees of your foundation while getting a tax write-off and also looking like a swell guy. Yeah. I'm surprised, honestly, that Russell Westbrook would be this sloppy about Russell it. Wilson, yeah. But also Russell Westbrook. Him too, yes. yes. He's been sloppy I would be surprised if things. Russell Westbrook were sloppy about it. But I'm, but I'm especially surprised in the very instance we're talking about that Russell Wilson would be as <laughs> um, as surprised by it. Yeah. Or as, uh, as sloppy about it. Yeah, yeah. And just for, for context, for, for comparison's sake, because I didn't know this number until I was, I'm looking at this story saying, wow, 76% of the money he brings in is going to paying his employees and only 24% is going to charity. What's the normal number for this? And what I found out in just you know doing some Googling is that 30 cents on the dollar to expenses. Again, Russell Wilson is at 76 cents. 30, He's got it flipped around. Yeah, 30 yeah. cents is, is kind of is considered high. You know, yeah. the, the gold standard is what you're shooting for. Yeah, ten, that's a gold standard. 10%. Which is harder. If you're a smaller charity, it's harder to get that level of efficiency as yep. a bigger one. But like the big ones, it's 10%. And, uh, but still, I, it's, you're, when you're paying more money than you're doling out, you do start to wonder, like, so wait a second, what, um, what are we, what's our net accomplishment here? Right, right. I would say, I would say at least if, Sean, if you were paying your employees 49% of your total, then, then at least you could say like, okay, well, at least those Half. people are yeah. putting a little bit more out there yeah. into the chair than, than other. If these guys were working at a private company, they wouldn't put. But no, twenty four. <laughs> like this is yeah, twenty four cents. You're yeah. not doing much of anything for anybody. No, no. Now, if you're thinking maybe, okay, why are you guys picking on the guy again? You guys are picking on Russell Wilson all the time. He is generating some money for charity. Come on, he's probably done a lot of good things. He's generating salary for three cohorts <laughs> for his three buddies. Doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, here was this will get you lathered back up sufficiently, faithful listener. Here was Russell Wilson's final salvo of his 2020 Walter Payton Man of the Year nomination video. When I accepted the Vince Lombardi Award of Excellence earlier this year, I told the audience that I dreamed that football would take me as far as I could go, but I never thought I'd get to impact as many kids, raise millions of dollars, and bring resources to so many. I think back to my dad and my dad used to always tell me, son, why not you? Now I wake up every day enthused and inspired to impact people's lives. So I challenge you with this thought. Why not you? Why not us? All right. So he said, boy, Seth. Was he speaking to five-year-olds there? I don't know. I don't know. He was looking into a camera. I don't know who he thought his audience was. Yeah. Speaking to five-year-olds, or did he think he was speaking to people up at two in the morning listening to infomercial sales pitches? The second way to make money that I stumbled onto was placing tiny classified ads in the newspaper. If you create and test one tiny classified ad in the newspaper that makes just 30 to $40 profit in a week, it could make you a fortune. Because the secret is learning how to take that one tiny classified ad that just made 30 to $40 profit in a week and to realize that you can now take that same exact ad. All right, give me Russ, Ben. Give me Russ. This raise is- millions of dollars and bring resources to so many. Yeah, I think back you know- to my dad and my dad used to always tell me, son, why not you? Now I wake up every day enthused and inspired to impact people's lives. He's not as animated as Don LaPree, but I feel like he's just as much of a shyster. Tiny I don't think classified ads Thank in you. the newspaper. Here's the difference. Yeah. People were buying what Don LaPree was selling. That's true. That's like the like, uh, yes. like just think about that. There's yes. the, that's the big difference. People right. were buying what he was selling. I don't think anybody's really buying. I feel like people that fall for a lot of other cheesy 
stuffed suit types um, don't fall for Russell Wilson. They, I don't know. I feel like there's hey. a tra- there's just a trail of people holding his um, the train of his dress as he walks around who are only doing it because they're paid really were good money we, to do it. Were we for a while though? Like, was it were, has Russ always been this annoying? Yeah. Or did, it, did, did, did the script Look, get flipped at some point? Mike Meltzer called this out very very early okay. in his career. Like Mike Meltzer, who I and I so I didn't quite know what Mike was talking about at first. And I thought Mike was being crazy about it because, you know, like Mike will tell you, he's not always like the best judge of, you know, the, the, the super personal stuff. Sure, sure. For Meltzer to figure it out. Yeah. It, like that you're a big old phony. Yeah, I feel like I feel like a lot. Of, you know, who was on to it early on was his teammates, too. Like they, oh, for were, sure. Yeah. There have been reports forever that his teammates just did not vibe with him. Yeah. That's, why, guess... the, that's why this notion by Colin Coward that somehow Russ hanging out with his teammates more is the is the key to him being good is he was never good at that at the first place dude you can't just go changing your personality at age 34 like that either it's that's even more phony (laughs) you know like than he already is um john lopez is here not a phony john lopez authentic in, in, in everything that he does. What's going on, John? How oh, well, that's very nice of you to say. Yeah, that. yeah, How yeah. How are you? Yeah. I'm very inauthentic, so I might be lying right now I don't when know I about say that. that. Yeah. I don't know about that. Well, we have a five-star game on Sunday. So it's, this is, okay, I was wondering what the Lopez rating was going to be on this. All right, yeah, so you're giving this baby five stars. I, I think I should. Yeah. I probably should. We've, um, it's, it's funny, I'm, well, this may be boring to people. Seth and I were talking during the break, like, okay, we've talked about the Super Bowl for like two or three segments today. It is the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Should we be talking more about it? And I look back and I go, no, I kind of like repurposing John Wall audio and making fun of Russell Wilson and hearing J.J. Watt talk about smoking weed. Uh, I do, too. For at least part of the show. I do, too. I think you're right. I mean, we know it's coming. Yeah. We know the game's going to be here. By the way, we have a new coordinator. Yes. How do you feel about that? Excellent. Yeah. Uh, I feel excellent. We kind of... Matt uh, Burke, the new D.C. for the Texans, former Arizona defensive line coach. First major hire uh, by D'Amico Ryans, and I think a really good one. We dug in a little bit yesterday. We're going to dig in a little more today. Okay. Um, you guys, I know, are a you guys are a, a Frank Ross show, big time. Yeah, so you and gotta he's be back. happy about that, right? 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 Yeah, got to be happy about that. Yeah, he's 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 actually he's a loophole. Uh, he he really is. Yeah. Uh, and, and and he really is one of those guys that you you can't let him go. I mean, if because somebody else would have had him already. Oh yeah. What are your, uh, what's your over under, John, on when they announce an offensive coordinator? I think today. I thought it was going to be yesterday, so I think it'll be today. I think it's about time that to get all these. Slowick? I think it's Slowick. I think Slowick is probably the the, the heavy favorite, but uh, they've only they haven't announced any other interview. That's another indicator. Yeah, yeah they, 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 it's, there's there's not even a trickle. There's yeah. no, there's nothing coming out of the faucet. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's it, another indicator. Yeah, it feels like there's just a, some formalities going on, or maybe haggling over the contract a little bit, or mm-hmm. something like that. Just um, they, I, I I stopped. It was funny. The less I heard, the less I worried about it. Yes, I just me started too. to feel like okay, if they were if they were scrambling and interviewing more and more guys, then I might start getting nervous. But this, um, I feel like I feel like there's a better chance that. Whether it ends up being a good hire or a bad hire, it's the guy that they want at least. Yeah, yeah. You're not you're not having to cycle through guys trying to find somebody that might fit. Yep. Um. So we've got that. Is there a slime off today? Oh, uh, there is a slime off okay. today. Okay. Uh, is Russell Wilson in it? Russell Wilson is going to be in it. Okay. Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. Yes. Russell okay, Wilson's good. in it. Good. Yeah. Uh, and I think that uh, old DJ Cray. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The new chief of staff. Yeah. Yeah. I think that says a lot about the attractiveness of this as as a as a destination. That, that, that he and for those who don't know, the former chief of staff, they have a chief of staff, Kyle Shanahan yeah. did named Nick. He's got Gray. a boombox. He's he's got a huge boombox. 
It's an actual boombox. It's not a no. metaphor for anything. No, it is. Um, he is the new chief of staff for D'Amico Ryan. Yeah, and I think that says a lot about the attractiveness of coming to Houston. I think it does, too. That's a good take. All right, Seth, antibodies to you, my friend. Antibodies and a happy Super Bowl Sunday to you, but always, always remember that guy that helped that guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. for sure. And vote for him for the MVP of the league. Yeah. Fifth place, not first, just fifth. Uh, we're done. We're out of time. In the Loop is up next. Uh, by the way, Eagles... Uh, 30 to 23, final score for me. Um, John Lopez and Landry Locker and Figgy Fig. They're up next. We will see all of you on Monday, 6 a.m. Until then, have a great weekend. Enjoy the game, everybody. It's like we're sitting here talking about whether or not you would kill baby Hitler, and nobody wants to talk about Danny Kellington. Antibodies to you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.